Worried Writer, helping you to overcome fear, self-doubt and procrastination to get the work done. I'm your host, Sarah Painter, and I'm a novelist and self-confessed worried writer. For show notes, resources and much more, please head to worriedwriter.com. And now, on with the show. to episode 42 of The Worried Writer. I'm recording this on Monday the 30th of July 2018 and it's a wee bit cooler today, thank goodness. My guest today is blogger and author Victoria Walters. Now Victoria is another author who has had her um, novel released in four different parts as an ebook. So we talk about the sort of challenges and process of writing and publishing in that way. It's released, as I say, in this four-part series by Simon and Schuster, but I believe, I know that all four parts of the ebook are out now, um, and they're called uh, The Random Acts of Kindness. Sorry, Random Acts of Kindness is the first one. Now, I do know that it is being bound up into a paperback edition that's going to be coming out in August, and I think it's got a new cover and a new title, um, but I don't know if that is public knowledge yet, and I don't want to tread on any toes by releasing the information early. So I won't, but do look out for Victoria Walters' new paperback. Also, I do hope that the interview is okay to listen to. A neighbour was cutting down a tree or something equally noisy while we were doing the interview and we kept on having to pause in the middle of our chat. I've edited out most of the background noise, um, but there are a few bits that I couldn't get rid of. Victoria was so nice about the inconvenience and she was such a trooper. She kept on having to retake questions and so on. So if you're listening, Victoria, thank you again. A quick uh, personal update. July has been a really good month. Um, it has been really nice to see the sun, despite me complaining about being too hot. Um, and my eldest has finished school now for good. And my youngest is on his summer holiday. I absolutely love it when they're both home and um, we've got more time for chats and games and walks and all of that. We also had a really nice trip down south to visit my in-laws. I'm starting to feel a wee bit more like myself too and have read lots of books, which really helps. I was in such a state earlier in the year that I lost the ability to concentrate on a novel, which was really upsetting. So I'm very relieved and happy to have that back. I've also been working on getting my writing routine back up to speed. I've been using my trusty timer for 20 or 30 minute sessions, followed by a short break. And I'm trying to be kind to myself about my progress and difficulty with concentration. This month, I've also worked on the blurb for my next book. Um, I've also been doing rewrites on the manuscript and I have been planning the launch. I am hoping to release it in October this year. I've also been researching my next novel, which I'm planning to start writing in earnest on the 1st of August. I've done some discovery writing and lots and lots of thinking um, and some research, and I'm so excited to dive in. I also put up my fifth patron-exclusive audio extra. In it, I talk about creating and naming characters, and it's available for all patrons who are pledging $2 or more per month. If you are a patron, I do hope that you're getting notifications for when the new posts go up. I think you can ask for them in your settings in your patron account. There's also a patron-only RSS feed if you would prefer that. 
a massive thank you to my new patrons. I am so grateful to you for supporting the show in this way. So, a shout out to new patrons this month. Alyssa McCall, Emma Cameron, and Azuris. I'm really probably not saying that right, I do apologise. Thank you so much to all of you. And if you want to support the show, do head over to patreon.com forward slash worried writer. I will put a link in the show notes. A big thank you too for the responses to my last episode and the update on my goals for 2018. The added accountability and the support from you really helps. It's so nice to know that I'm not alone in this writing life and it also reminds me that I have a terrible tendency to compare my own progress to other writers and I have to remember that I should only compare with myself. We're all finding our own way and dealing with our own life stuff or personal limitations or struggles. I really appreciate all of your messages and emails and comments as it's a great reminder that we are all dealing with these things and we're all just doing our best. Thank you too for the responses to my questions about my next non-fiction book. I really appreciate the feedback. Quite a few people responded to say that they would prefer a book which focuses more on the craft of writing. Now that is extremely flattering. Um, thank you. Um, I am struggling with my feelings of being unqualified or not qualified enough um, to sort of put my thoughts on the craft of writing into something as serious as a book, um, but I will certainly think on, particularly if it's something that lots of you would like and might find helpful. Ultimately, it's always about one person, sorry, one writer's um, experience and what works for them, both as a writer and a reader. But still, I do love reading books on craft, so perhaps. Another idea from um, a couple of listeners um, was to focus more on more tips on continuing to write even while difficult life circumstances are happening. Um, I guess things like chronic illness, bereavement, um, moving house, um, relationship breakdown, uh, mental health, those kinds of things. Um, and that's really interesting. It's certainly something that I think is not as well served perhaps in the non-fiction uh, library or marketplace as it could be. So I will certainly think more on that. Another thing that I've been thinking about quite a lot is my own process of accepting my writing process. Long-time listeners will know that I have been on a quest to find the secret to outlining. I've been hoping to build it into my own routine so that I can become more productive, but also more efficient. However, I've come to a different conclusion. I've decided that I need to embrace and celebrate my own perhaps inefficient, process. I've decided that it's okay that I don't outline. I did wonder if perhaps there might be some interest in me talking about how my process of not outlining or not planning works, you know, how I do it. So do let me know if you'd be interested in that and I will pop a either a blog post up or I will talk about it on the show. So, this month's listener questions. Um, I've got a couple which I will be answering in the patron-only exclusive uh, audio extra, but I also have a couple more from Twitter this month. First off, Ian Howlett, who is at Ian Howlett on Twitter, asked, When you're in writing mode, how many words do you produce in the average day? if there is such a thing as an average day. I'm thinking specifically about non-fiction, since that's what I write. 
Thank you so much for your question, Ian. Um, my quick answer on this is that for non-fiction, I generally aim still for a thousand words a day, which is what I aim for for fiction too. Or one complete article or blog post, which might be shorter in word count, around say 500 to 750 words, but will also involve editing, um, proofreading, and perhaps quite often in some cases, publishing too. I think the key with non-fiction writing, or the key difference for me, um, because as I say, I don't outline or plan when I write fiction, um, the difference when I'm writing non-fiction is that I have usually got a far better idea what I'm going to be writing about. Um, if I'm writing an article, then I will have either a brief from the publication or website that I'm writing for, or I will have an idea of a question that I'm answering for my audience for, say, the Worried Writer site. And that really sort of helps me to plan, even just in my mind, I, I will know kind of what I'm going to be writing about and about how long I'm going to be writing for. I think it's my old training from um, my freelance journalism days. Um, I do find nonfiction quite easy to write. And I find it quite easy to structure in terms of thinking of a headline um, and the main body copy and how many paragraphs. I don't know. There seems to be some sort of inbuilt thing after writing so many articles over the last um, 20 years. Oh, gosh, 20 years. My goodness, I'm getting old. OK, uh, thank you again, Ian. I hope that helps. If you've got any follow up questions, do get in touch. Another question from Twitter was from Julie Cordner, who is a uh, very supportive listener of the show. Hi, Julie. Julie's Twitter handle is at Julie underscore Cordner. Julie asked, I'm self-editing at the moment. Please do you have any tips for how to step back and look holistically at the plot, character arcs and historical setting? I'm getting too close to it. Um, Julie, I really sympathise because it definitely gets to a point when you are, as you say, just too close to your manuscript to be able to see the wood for the trees. So my advice is all about little tips to help you zoom out. You probably need a break from it, which is really difficult when you're on deadline, um, but you want to be able to try and see it fresh. So stepping away for a few days, um, if you don't have a few days, Reading something different, um, immersing yourself in something else before you go back to it can help. Reading in a different format, so uh, printing it out or reading on your Kindle or something like that um, to give you a different view. Another thing that I do is I go through the manuscript with one particular element in mind for each pass through. So I will only look at that one thing. So let's say I'm looking at character arcs. I will choose one character, or possibly two if they have a great deal of interaction, and I will then skip through the manuscript, searching for those key scenes, searching, almost skim reading in places, to just look at that character's arc, just concentrating on it. And then because I'm not reading through, if that, you know, I'm not reading it through as a reader, I'm not getting sucked into the kind of detail of it, I'm continually keeping in mind, I am looking at this arc, where are they here? How are they feeling? What happens? Where are they at this point? How are they feeling? What happens? What has changed? And so on. And then I will do that again for other elements. So I might go through purely looking at setting and I will just look at descriptive passages. I will look at details with regards to setting, sometimes searching for a particular word if that will help me to find that. Um, let's say the name of the main location. Um, and then 
I will just tweak that. I will be looking through, am I evoking the setting? How is the setting working? And somehow, because I'm looking at a particular element in a slightly disembodied fashion, um, it does help me have that high level view. Now, I really hope that makes sense. Do get in touch if it doesn't, and I will try to explain it again. As always, if you have got a question that you would like answered on the show, please do get in touch. You can email me, sarah at worriedwriter.com, or find me on Twitter at Sarah R. Painter. Or, of course, head to the show notes and leave a comment there. Thank you so much for listening, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. I truly appreciate it. If you know a writer or creative friend who might enjoy the show, please do let them know. Now, before I finish today, I want to just give a quick shout out to some lovely folk on Twitter. Louisa Heaton, who is at Louisa Heaton, Sage Gordon Davis, who's at Ink and Sage, and Sydney Timmins, who's at Sydney underscore Timmins. Thank you so much to all of you for your messages and shares, retweets, and all of that. I really appreciate it. And now, on to the interview section of the show. Victoria Walters is a blogger and author. Her debut novel, The Second Love of My Life, saw Victoria labelled an Amazon rising star and was called Brilliant and Superior Women's Fiction by Heat Magazine. Victoria's new book, Random Acts of Kindness, is being released in a four-part series by Simon & Schuster. Welcome to the show, Victoria, and thank you so much for joining me. Hello, thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, I was hoping that you could just kick things off um, by telling us all a bit more about your new release. Sure, yeah. So Random Acts of Kindness is um, a four-part serial, so it's basically a novel in four parts. And it's um, set in like a small town um, community called Littlewood in Surrey. And it's about three women. And it's kind of how they decide to make a pact to be kinder to um, other people and to themselves. And it follows their journey over a summer and um, looking at how kindness can basically change your life. Well, that sounds lovely. And I totally agree that kindness is so important. It's one of the, I think it's one of the biggest underrated uh, virtues. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And I hadn't seen a sort of women's fiction novel set around kindness before. So I thought it was a really interesting kind of concept to kind of tie these three women together. And um, so you've it's been released in this four-part serial style. Um, so what were the sort of challenges of, of writing in that way? And also, I guess, publishing in that way? Yeah, definitely. It's, def- it's the first time that I've ever done a serial. And I think one of the biggest challenges was um, usually I just kind of write a book. I'm not a big planner. Um, but this time I had really tight deadlines for each part. And I knew that I really had to be a bit better this time at planning things. So I had to write a dreaded synopsis. Um, I don't know if I'm the only writer that just hates. <laughs> no, no, we all hate them. <laughs> They are just a nightmare. But I'm, yeah, so it was the first time I had to really plan things out. And because it was sort of a new format for me, um, it was thinking about how to kind of take readers through each part and sort of leave them wanting more at the end of each part. So sort of putting in a cliffhanger and just thinking things in a bit more of a different kind of um, timeline than a normal novel. Um, So, yeah, definitely planning was um, a big challenge for me. And just the challenge of writing something in a completely different new way, I think. Um, But actually, I really enjoyed it. 
That's brilliant. I'm fascinated and the actual nitty gritty of how you went from somebody who didn't plan to having to plan, which to me, it just sounds important. Well, it is impossible for me as far as I can tell. So um, how did you sort of make yourself plan? Um, Well, I had to submit a synopsis to my agent editor. So uh, there was no getting away from that. So I I knew I had to do that. And I sort of just did that in kind of four, um, I separated it into four chunks, kind of the main what I wanted to say in each part, the kind of main crux of the storyline and uh, putting in the cliffhangers for, for each part. So thinking about, yeah, what what big event was going to happen in each part, really. And I guess um, I sort of thought, well, actually um, doing it this way, it's more like a kind of TV drama. You know, you have those installments, you have those cliffhangers. And I watch a lot of dramas. So <laughs> that was when I sort of started to think of it more like that, um, that was kind of easier. And just, yeah, just tried to write a word document really with just as much um, sort of ideas of the of the story of each of the three women as I could. Um, I mean, obviously, as I write, as I wrote it, things did change. I mean, it always does. Like, and I um, also, it's nice to leave yourself a bit of room, I think, to still be creative as you're writing, or else it becomes a bit, bit boring, doesn't it? A bit kind of you're just typing really not actually writing um but it was good because I was really worried that I would get to say part three and I'd have a brilliant idea but it was too late because part one had already been published and I didn't want to tie myself into a big plot hole so that was difficult um but I think I managed it someone's going to now and say there's a big plot hole (laughs) (laughs) no well done that sounds brilliant um and do you think that you will take this forward, even if you're, say, not writing a serial next time? Do you think you'll plan a wee bit more than you used to? I think I will, yeah. I think um, before I always sort of got to sort of maybe like the sort of middle of a book and I thought, oh, what can I what can I do now to the characters? I've got my ending in mind, but what's going to happen in the middle? You know, there's only so many meals like the characters can eat together. And <laughs> I think that's part isn't it it's tricky to sort of you know what can you have in the middle part so I think planning definitely helps kind of avoid that so yeah I think I will plan a bit more in future well that's good and um how about the sort of publishing process of having it come out in four parts how's that been for you I mean the deadlines are really tight I had about a month to write each part so each part's 25,000 words um so that was really tight deadlines um, so that was tricky. And also, like I say, the worry of am I going to miss something out? And then the book has already been published. And it was weird having people giving you feedback on something you hadn't finished yet. And um, that was really weird because obviously it, the first part was published and I'm still writing the series. Um, so that was weird to look at like readers reviews. And I was really nervous. I thought if they hate it, I'm just going to be <laughs> really stuck because I've got to finish it, whatever. Um, but thankfully, <laughs> the were good. And actually, it was really nice to have that feedback. And it kind of gave me a boost um, to kind of finish the series, which was nice. Mm, that's good. I hadn't even considered that aspect of it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right. It was quite a weird experience, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but, you know, luckily, it's worked out. <laughs> but it could have gone badly wrong, I guess. <laughs> So um, we're recording this in advance. So by the time this episode um, goes out, uh, the fourth part will be out. Um, And then I guess at some point, will they bundle the four parts into... That's right. Yes, it's going to be 
uh, as a, a novel, I, if you want to call it, they call it a bind up in publishing world. But um, yeah, um, so I'm just waiting for the kind of date to be um, uh, finalised for that. And then obviously I'll let everybody know. So yeah, that's exciting because I know not everybody kind of likes to read in parts. People like to have a full story. So yeah. I was speaking to um, another author, uh, Cressida McLaughlin, who's also done some serials. And she was saying that it's quite nice in that you get lots of little releases, that you get a few releases. That's true. Because sometimes, you know, when you write a book, there's a big long gap, isn't there, when nothing's going on and silence. Um, So this was nice, yeah, because there's always sort of something happening. I either had edits to do or I had... Um, yeah one of the parts coming out and reviews to kind of tweet and everything so yeah it's been um more of a kind more activity um than a usual book yeah well let's go all the way back to the beginning and ask the usual question of did you always want to be a writer um yeah I think I did um I mean growing up I I was I'm an only child so I think a lot of my childhood was sort of using my imagination and making up stories and had imaginary friends and all that kind of thing. And at school, whenever we had to do a story, that was always my my favourite thing to do. Um, I did sort of mostly consider actually being a journalist um, as I was going through school. Um, So I did always want to write. But I think sometimes, because you love books, you do see authors, you kind of put them on a bit of a pedestal. And I wasn't sure, like, like, can I be an author? Do you know what I mean? Oh, completely. It wasn't until I got older that I sort of started to see that as a more of an attainable kind of dream. But um, I've always loved writing, yeah. No, that makes total sense. I was exactly the same. I thought being a journalist just seemed more realistic somehow. It did, yeah. Yeah. Whereas authors were unicorns or something. (laughs) newspaper struggling so much <laughs> no <laughs> probably not quite yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what was your path to publication like was it lovely and smooth no like <laughs> <laughs> ever lovely and smooth no. no um maybe one day I'll meet an author that had a lovely and smooth child but no um actually my first um book that kind of got me a bit a, a step closer was a, was a young adult book um and I got an agent for that book um, but it didn't find a home with the publisher. And then I came up with the idea, which was um, my debut novel, The Second Love of My Life. Uh, but my agent at the time didn't represent women's fiction. So um, there was a sort of uh, crazy time where, yeah, I didn't have an agent again. It was all a bit like, oh, God, what have I done? Um, but then I found my current agent, Hannah Ferguson, and uh, then I got my first book deal through that. So, yes, there was a lot of rejections to get through. <laughs> Yeah, and this is why I always ask about this because I just think it's really good and re- hopefully reassuring <laughs> um, for people to know that it's completely normal. I think maybe I was a bit naive. I thought when you got an agent, you would definitely get a book deal. Like I thought it was kind of sewn up. Um, I think maybe a lot of writers think that. So, But like you, you know, you end up have, maybe having to move on to another agent and trying again. Um, so I think it's good to for people to know that. Yeah, definitely. And I know I got um, my first book with my first agent got rejected um you know was close but no cigar with publishers and I and I remember being complete probably like you just completely in shock kind of how can I get that close and it still be a no like oh my goodness (laughs) exactly because your agent loves it yeah so you think oh wow somebody in the industry loves my book so you think here we go I've arrived and then uh, (laughs) and then sadly no you haven't arrived and I think also because um children's publishing I think seems to be even tougher than adult publishing because I think there's less 
editors, there's less imprints, um, and sometimes the waiting on submission is even longer. So it was just, yeah, it was a nightmare. But um, it worked out in the end. Um, Are you sort of thinking that you will stick with women's fiction for the time being, or do you think you might go back to your YA roots? Um, I mean, I love both, and I'm always kind of writing in both. Um, I currently have just started writing a YA book, um, mostly for fun. But I think if it was an idea that I really loved, then I would show it to my agent and see what she thought, whether um, whether publishers might be interested in it or not. Um, but women's fiction, yeah, I, I love writing it, and that seems to be sort of where publishers like my writing at the moment. So we'll see. But, yeah, it's always fun to write. And I'd love to ask you about your writing process and routine, if I may. Do you keep sort of business hours or work Monday to Friday or aim for a particular word count? What's your what's your process? Um, well, I work two days a week um, for Waterstones as a bookseller. Um, but the days that I'm not in the bookshop, I do try to write a bit each day, but I'm not really strict about it. I know a lot of writers are like, you have to write every day. But I find that quite stressful. I'd rather write when I'm feeling okay to write. I think when I try to force myself, then I just start to hate the book I'm writing. So I'd rather just do it when I'm in the best mood. Um, I tend to write better in the mornings. Um, Once it gets to sort of three o'clock, I'm just like, oh, it's time for Netflix, surely. Um, But I'm, yeah, I'm not very strict with myself. I don't really have a set word count, which maybe is not the best thing. I don't know. But I think you just have to kind of do it the way that you do it. Um, so I think for some writers they have to set like a, a goal um, but I just sort of so some days I might write a thousand words and then some days I've written 10,000 words in a day it's just kind of what mood I'm in really well it obviously works for you because you managed to hit those very tight deadlines yeah. you know so you must be doing something right <laughs> no and one of the deadlines I had this really stinking cold and and my editor was like we need the edits back in two days I was like no I so I'm sitting there with my laptop and a box full of tissues just like (laughs) (laughs) Um, well that wasn't fun (laughs) that's the downside of being self-employed isn't it It definitely (laughs) yes I was like I just want to be under a blanket right now (laughs) and do you have any other sort of uh, tips or tricks for either productivity or sort of getting to the page and focusing Um, I mean, for me, I like to just write a first draft and then I edit it afterwards. I know some people sort of edit as they go, but for me, I'm more productive when I just get it down on the paper, especially I found when I have these tight deadlines for the serial, I couldn't be sort of really um, perfectionist about it because my editor just needed it. So I just had to kind of write it. She was like, doesn't matter if there's spelling mistakes in it. I was like, I can't send you something with spelling mistakes in it. so I did sort of manage to do a quick read through before I sent it to her, but I definitely couldn't be um, as sort of perfect as I wanted it to be. Um, it was just about getting getting those words down, really. Wow, that's exciting as well, though, isn't it, in a way? Um. Yeah, it was. It was, but yeah, scary as well. <laughs> Terrifying, exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but something that I, I don't know if you struggle with this at all, but um, sometimes getting the balance between kind of there's the business side you know there's marketing and then there's the whole publishing world where you're kind of wondering what you should be writing and contracts and all of that and then there's the creative side which I have to try and keep separate otherwise I kind of freeze if I let the business world too much into the creative side and and I was just wondering how you deal with it and whether you've got any tips for kind of dealing with them. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, I think it is difficult. I think it's getting more difficult for writers because we are expected to do much more kind of uh, marketing probably than you ever used to, I imagine. I mean, I don't know what Hemingway did or anything, but I imagine um, they didn't really have to do much of that side. And I think now with social media, you're expected to be online and kind of present, speaking to readers and everything. I think I'm lucky because I really love that side and I enjoy it. So I don't find it too stressful. I think that I, for me, the most challenging part of being a writer is that you really don't have much control over anything. But you're writing. I think I think one of the things is sometimes as an author you think, oh, this is only happening to me. This is only my worry. But once you start talking to other authors, you know, we all feel the same way. So that definitely helps. And it is really hard. Like, um, you know, you don't really have any control over sales or what readers think of your book or anything. So all we can really do is write the best book that we can write and sometimes that's not very helpful when you're really stressed about something I think you need to just try and tell yourself that's all you can do as a writer um and just try and focus as much as you can on that side of things even if some days that feels impossible no that's really good advice I think you're absolutely right um and the other thing that helped me is thinking really long term is thinking I want to do this long term and so um, kind of focusing less on each individual thing as being the be all and end all kind of more like the more books I write the more books I will have out there and over time it will build hopefully you know exactly um, yeah and I think I think also just looking at other successful writers and thinking reminding yourself that they weren't an overnight success I mean Jojo Moyes me before you was I think her seventh book um, so it is it is long term. Um, sometimes the industry doesn't always make you think like that. There's always a big sort of splash and hype day. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that I found really helpful was, um, apart from the podcast, was uh, doing like I, I did my nonfiction book and I put that out myself. And I found that really helpful because it gave me something a project that I was in complete control of. Yeah. Um, so I just wondered, is um, going hybrid, you know, doing some independent publishing, is that something you would ever consider or is it off your... I mean, I would never say never to that. I mean, I'm talking about sort of genres. I did write a thriller um, last year, um, which sadly didn't find a home in publishing, which was a shame because I really liked it and so did my agent. Um, so I would can potentially consider publishing that myself. Um, but obviously with this serial, there were so many tight deadlines and so much work, I knew that I wouldn't be able to do it properly. And I think with self-publishing, you really need to kind of be present for it and have enough time to do it properly, I think, or else it's sort of pointless, isn't it? Um, so definitely that's something I would consider um, in the future, yeah. I mean, but I'd be nervous about it because, it, it, you know, you sort of you worry about the lack of control with traditional publishing, but with self-publishing, the control is all yours, and so everything kind of comes back onto you if it's not working. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Listeners can't tell, but I am nodding so hard. <laughs> exactly, exactly the conundrum. Yeah. Um, so, since you've mentioned nerves, um, yeah. and of course, the title <laughs> of the podcast is "The Worried Writer." Um, can I just delve into your struggles, if I may? Um, do you ever have creative block or fear or procrastination? Definitely. <laughs> um, I mean, well, I, I would hope that every writer has a bit of self-doubt or, or else, I don't know, I'm a hopeless case. I don't know. Uh, yes, definitely. I think 
self-doubt is a big one for me. Um, I think the more you write, maybe it does kind of, it doesn't diminish, but it gets, you kind of learn to deal with it a bit better. And sometimes um, it helps to go on and read like a nice review of a previous book and think, well, actually I can do this. Sometimes a bit of self-doubt is, is good. Um, as in it can sort of motivate you, push you forward a bit. Um, I, you know, I think I would worry if I started to think I was the best writer in the world. Um, cause I think then you would just be resting on your laurels. I think it's good to have a bit of that sort of, you know, I want to get better. I want to be as good as I can be. So I think about a bit of self doubt is okay. Um, and I think with every book, like I say, sometimes in the middle, you just get that nagging feeling. I can't finish it. I can't do it. Um, but it's just try and remind yourself you've done it before. You can do it again. Um, and just got to just keep going. Um, I think for me, as we've just like talked about before, um, more than the self-doubt, it's the uncertainty of the business that I, I struggle with most. So, you know, will I get another publishing deal? Will my next book sell? Will I get any good reviews? All that kind of stuff. That's what I find the hardest, I think, because it's again, it's stuff we can't control. It's all outside forces. And, you know, I love writing and I love being an author. And there's always that worry at the back of your mind. Will it all stop? Like, will, will I ever get published again? Um, so I think that's difficult. Mm-hmm. I think that's worries about that. No, definitely. And that's, I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to steer you in any direction, but um, that has definitely made a big difference to me just thinking about independent publishing because then I think, like, I'm on submission at the moment, but I can think, well, worst case scenario... Yeah. I could still put it out, which I find, even though I would find that very scary, um, it's better than before. I was thinking, well, I could have spent a year writing a book, six months editing it with my agent, three months waiting for it while it's out in submission, and then I could end up just in a drawer. Yeah. And that was just, I mean, as you were just saying, you know, about the control thing, it just was horrifying. Yeah. I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with that at all. No. Um, so... No, you're right and I think talking to other authors really helps um because you know, I, I know a lot of authors that their self-published um books have done a lot better than their traditionally published books so it doesn't necessarily mean um just because you get that traditional book deal that um it's going to be a bestseller and mm-hmm. vice versa so um definitely I think it's always good to know that you've got that option and um definitely you know we won't you know if you want to be an author hopefully we can always still still be one <laughs> no we're really lucky aren't we we've got these options which is which is great um and in terms as well of, of sort of creative blocks or if you I mean you were saying that most mostly it's likely to be like the business side or the uncertainty maybe crowding into your your creative space um but do you ever do you have any resources or any books or any tips for if you're sort of finding a book difficult to plot or or when you're not really sure where to go or sorting out the messy middle have you got any tips there um I mean I don't tend to use a lot of writing books to be honest um I don't know if I should confess that I've never read one (laughs) (laughs) no that's great that's unusual uh no because I just I I feel like I think every writer has their own process and their own way of doing things and someone can tell you their way of doing things, but it might not work for you. It goes back to like, for example, when I was at school, like revising for exams, I know some people would spend all day in the library and they'd make copious notes and they'd just focus all day in the library and I and make all these sort of great revision timetables and everything like that. I just couldn't work like that. I just, that just wasn't me. 
Um, so I think you really do have to kind of find your own way of doing things. So I'd never want to say to people, this is how you should do it, because I don't think there is a right way at all to, to be a writer. I think you've just got to find what works for you. And I know that's not massively helpful to people if they're struggling. Um, I think definitely um, stepping away from a book can be helpful. So don't sit at the laptop and just, you know, get yourself really stressed. Sometimes going away even like I was joking about Netflix, but sometimes watching something can really help, you know, and you can get inspiration in anywhere, uh, listening to music or, um, I mean, I read a lot and I think reading is the best kind of um, learning uh, for, for being a writer. So I would just go away and probably read a book and, and come back to it with fresh eyes, I think. Um, and yeah, just planning, planning as well. And try not to have your characters eat too much. I find like when, I, when I'm stuck, everybody just has a meal. <laughs> um, in my, in, the, in part four of Random Acts of Kindness, my editor kept making notes in the margin. She was like, I'm trying to fit into a wedding outfit and you're talking about afternoon tea and I need it. <laughs> um, because yeah, I do, I do end up talking a lot about cake in my books, I find. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah I, I just think it's about finding what works for you no I think that's really good advice really good advice and I know what you mean about the fill not the filler stuff but sometimes when you're not quite sure mine my, my character's are always making cups of tea yeah you know and I think really <laughs> this is probably a sign I don't know what I'm doing at the moment <laughs> yeah well I think I feel like every scene really should try and move the plot forward a little bit even if it's only just building a bit more of um, a character arc um, it really needs to be there for a reason doesn't it um, so sometimes when you're editing you can look at a scene and think hang on a minute nothing really has happened in this scene and just even adding one sentence or one remark from a character can change the whole kind of meaning of it I think um, so that's quite useful to try and tell yourself right how is this going to actually move the story forward no that's great advice and um do you have any other sort of tips or what would what would you say to somebody who was asking you about either getting published or aiming for a career in in writing don't do it no (laughs) (laughs) save yourself Uh, (laughs) uh, definitely I think um there is a lot of online resource now I mean I don't know how you used to get published before the internet I really don't know I mean the first thing that I did when I sort of thought actually I might start submitting a book is was to google like how to get published um but you know luckily there is so much online now um I mean if you want to be traditionally published you have to get an agent um nowadays I mean occasionally some of the big publishers do a sort of um open call for things but in general you need that agent and you know I just got mine the standard way sending three chapters and a synopsis and a covering letter there's not really many shortcuts now um to that process so I think I, I found Twitter really helpful just to try and get to know what agents are looking for and um, follow your favorite writers and see um, who their agent is. And all agents should have a website with what they're looking for and how to submit and always follow those guidelines. Cause if you do something wrong, it's just an automatic rejection. Um, and I think the biggest thing is just to keep going because you will get a lot of rejections and you will think I can't do this. Um, we've, but we've all been there and you know, if we can do it, so can you. So just, yeah, you just got to have that perseverance and determination, I think. 
Mm, oh, that's fantastic advice. Thank you. And just to finish up, uh, what are you working on now or what's next for you? Um, well, the final part of Random Access of Kindness comes out next week. And then, as we said, hopefully it will be a bind up um, as a full novel by the end of the summer. And then I'm currently working on a new serial. Um, it's set in Scotland um, over Christmas. That's been interesting because <laughs> it's really hot at the moment and I'm writing about snow. <laughs> You'll have to come and visit to get... <laughs> oh, you in Scotland? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Actually, I need a research trip, I you think. You do, you do, definitely. <laughs> so that's been really fun to do, actually, something completely different. And like I said, I have been actually doing like a teen novel for fun on the side as well. Um, so, yeah, just, just keep writing, really. Um, and hopefully you guys will get to read it soon. Excellent. And where can people find out more about you and your books? Uh, well, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, and I have a blog. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I love hearing from readers, so um, definitely come and come and chat to me. Um, hopefully we can put the links on there. Absolutely, I'll put all the links in the show notes. Now, um, but yeah, definitely, I'm, I, I'm a lot on social media, particularly Instagram, so um, definitely come and say hi to me. I'll put the link in there and um, we'll put all the links in the show notes. But thank you so much for your time. And I'm so sorry about the um, the noise issues that we had. That was enjoyable. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. For show notes and links, head to worriedwriter.com. If you'd like to connect, find me on Twitter at Sarah R. Painter or use the hashtag WorriedWriter. See you next time.